Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Andrew Lawson. Andrew is special in many ways. One is he's created an amazing L&D business, so learning development business. And secondly, he's an Aussie, which you know makes him a legend in my eyes. <laughs> and so, Andrew, we're going to dive into it. But firstly, thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure, Ben, and hello to everyone. Yeah, good to have you along. And so you are based in Canberra, right? I am. Yeah, so that's a classic quiz night question, isn't it? You know, what's the capital of Canada? What's the capital of New Zealand? What's the capital of Australia? Those three, because the capitals are all cities you wouldn't expect. Is that right? Very true. Very true. Very yeah. true. And for listeners who are not in Australia or not Australian, Canberra, I think it was formed because they couldn't decide where to hold the capital. Should it be Sydney? Should it be Melbourne? And they had an arm wrestle and no one won. Is that right? That was the debate. And they had to pick somewhere midway in between and somewhere that back in the day when they were deciding on that was far enough inland that naval bombardment couldn't hit it. Is that what it was? I was wondering, why wouldn't you put it on a beautiful coast? So hence inland location. But these days, of course, that's a whole different story. (laughs) Perfect for a 40 degree day. Excellent. (laughs) So, Andrew, you help professional trainers shorten the time to design and develop live virtual courses by providing ready-to-go corporate training material. So we'll discover what that means. But can we take it back a step to what led you to form the business? Because it was from tumultuous, I can't even say that word, tumultuous events. (laughs) That word. (laughs) We all know what you mean, Ben. We all do. We all do. Yeah, look, there's a couple of kind of combined stories there, if you don't mind, Ben. There's kind of the world we all lived through was that. You know, when the pandemic was first thrust upon us, and I think, you know, that was a real shock to the system. A lot of us didn't really have plans to deal with that. You talk with anyone in, you know, the corporate world and they say, we never saw something like that coming. So for me, what that meant at a kind of business level was I had a nice, healthy pipeline of work booked up for the next six months. It was looking like a record year. And then suddenly pandemic is like turning off the tap. In fact, pulling the plug out of the bar. Over two days, I watched the diary cancel, cancel, cancel. And I was getting these phone calls from clients. They're going, oh, Andrew. <laughs> and I say, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all over a Thursday, Friday. So they just canceled. We've gone into national lockdown in Australia. And that whole pipeline of work just evaporated. I'd never experienced anything like that in business before. It was a real shock to the system. So should we say a little bit of reflecting over a weekend, but yeah, a glass or two of red to help the creative juices get going, right? But I then came back with a passion on the Monday morning and the Tuesday and kind of rang all those clients and said, hey, look, we've both got a problem in common, which is you want to train your people, but there's this thing called the pandemic in the way. So how about I redesign all those programs that we're doing face-to-face for free and we run those on any virtual platform you want. So luckily a good chunk of them kind of came back. So that was kind of part one of the story. So we had a real opportunity, Ben, to create and then road test a product in a pandemic, which has really become, I guess, a way a lot of organizations are now training. Yeah. Quick point of clarification for listeners, what kind of training were you doing for these corporate clients? So it's anything that you'd call people skills. Sometimes they call it soft skills. It's really pitched at any of those human skills that require us to interact effectively with others. So things like leadership, 
emotional intelligence, influence, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to teach those kind of different layers of skills over time to build up the the full repertoire. I bet there's some listeners right now, steam coming out of their ears saying, no, no, it's not soft skills. It's not soft skills. These are hard skills that lead to business results. But we all get what you mean. I love that you had two days of shock. You had a glass of red wine and so what can we do? And you went back to them. We went back with a concept and luckily most or some of them said, yes, let's do it. What happened next? Yeah, so a good chunk of the came back, which is great. And we kind of went along with that news. And then, yeah, fast forward a little bit of time, I then get some bad health news. So I went through a phase in 2001 and 2002, so mid-pandemic, where I'd been cancer-free for five years and I had bladder cancer. It had come back. The doctor picked it up on some tests and said, right, we're going to remove that. And then that got forced out another six-month review cycle. Then it came back again. I was like, well, two in a row. (laughs) And then it came back a third time. So now the next six-monthly checkup, it's like, Andrew, we found it again. It's like, whoa, that really knocks the wind out of your sails. So I thought, you know what? I really want to change the paradigm up. And that forces you to kind of think. Sometimes you get drawn into, it's typical in the consulting world. A lot of your listeners, I know, are consultants and that sort of stuff. You kind of ride the ebbs and flows of the work. So when it's flowing, you kind of go with that. But I guess that model has some downsides, which means, you know, your work-life balance can get thrown at times. So for me then, coming off the back of that news, it was like, I don't want to live that way anymore. So I became really strong on my boundaries around, you know, how I was going to work the hours I was willing to work, what I was willing to take on, what I wasn't willing to take on. And it became the impetus for launching Just 90. And that was really like, I just put the accelerator on that and wanted to kind of move ahead really quickly with that. It was just, I felt like called that was the way to go. So that was the second part of the story, Ben. Sometimes we need, should we say the wake up call? I've just finished you know, the last 12 months review and clear all through that which is good news Ben but you know sometimes you have a little shake up on the way through to give us a job give us a reminder of what we should be doing right absolutely I'm delighted to hear that thanks Ben okay so you've gone from physical consulting and L&D you know training workshops Mm -hmm. in the soft skills or people skills area you've gone to the virtual and then you've had a shock again and you thought, well, how can I, I guess, productize that and, yes. and make it more systematic? Is that right? 100%. Okay. 100%. So I took what I'd done during the pandemic and created that as an online product that others could also benefit from. I've lived in this world of doing those short, sharp, 90-minute bite-sized sessions for over a decade. And I really love the short, sharp feel of those. And clients really love those too, just because they're linked. They're not a big disruption. Yeah. So I think it's a real market for people in the L&D HR space. Got it. The 90-minute model, so just 90s, you've got a series of steps or series of modules or something that go into making 90-minute training because I think you kind of found the secret source to creating entertaining and informative training that's run virtually because, let's face it, we've all sat through death by PowerPoint. So can you tell us a bit about that model you've developed? Yeah, look, it's a science-backed model called the Ages model, developed by Lisa and David Rock. Some of your listeners may know the model, but basically it's an acronym that stands for four things. Number one, it's about attention. So at the start of any workshop, you're really trying to engage them with some sort of meaningful icebreaker. You're focusing on one topic of it at a time. So for example, you'd have one 90-minute session on leadership, one 90-minute session on 
emotional intelligence, et cetera. The next thing you want to do is help them connect the new concepts you're teaching with existing knowledge. So the key thing we often do there is asking people, how does what we're talking about now fit into your current world, your context that you're living in currently? And that's really important because what it helps is generate those neural connections, which then help embed the learning. The next layer you kind of add to the training is you have to use emotions. I think it's really important based on the original research done with the ages model to talk largely about positive emotions. So we're trying to generate those positive emotions, which, you know, get people to remember positive times, good examples, good illustrations, people that modeled a particular aspect or skill really well. And so what that then tells the brain that what we're currently exploring or learning is important, which then helps it embed it into that kind of learning frame as well. And then lastly, rather than getting people to sit through really long sessions, the whole idea of running a 90-minute session here, a little bit of space, ideally two weeks, then running a 90-minute session, again, spacing. What you tend to do is you layer the learning over a period of time. You allow people some time to then implement or play with the learning. And so what that leads to is a higher uptake of the learning. We've all been to those day-long courses, right? Yeah. And often you cover a lot of territory and the research is quite clear around that stuff. We don't tend to remember a lot of what we covered in those longer sessions. So if we can chunk it down and use something smart like the ages model, it really lifts the learning experience for people. Yeah. I can certainly remember coming home from day-long workshops and thinking, I can't quite remember what I learned today, but I can remember lunch was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can see that the idea it's different from taking someone through classroom based learning, workshop based learning to virtual learning where you're running zoom sessions and things like that. How do you now set up the business so that it's a product that people can just buy and access? Tell us about what they actually get if they buy something. So once people buy something, they get fundamentally, it's a white label PowerPoint that can be rebranded with their logo, change the color scheme and contact details literally in minutes. So it's all set up at the back end so they can do that really fast. So what we're trying to do is shorten that design time. Some trainers really love doing design. Some don't. Some just want to get in front of people. So it's really about trying to support that kind of second group of people primarily. I mean, the first group could benefit from it as well, but second group of people that just want to get in there and train more. For those that don't understand this paradigm in terms of learning and development, a lot of trainers actually don't charge design time. Mm -hmm. So they only charge for their delivery or facilitation. So if you're not charging for design time and it takes you, you know, a day, well, that's a day work for free. Let's take that issue off the table for you and give these products that are really, they've been tested on hundreds of clients, they're ready to go. And look, everyone's got their own flavor. So yeah, you kind of run it and you go, you know what? I've run that once, I'd make some tweaks to it, but that is so much quicker than having to design it from scratch, right? Yeah. So that's really what we're trying to appeal to people in that sense and say, look, we feel this is a smarter way for you to work in many ways, but we're also trying to say, look, we've got some content and activities and approaches in these products that have been tested, again, literally on hundreds of clients. We know it works. We get great feedback. What's the best thing about you in terms of when you present? It's often you as a presenter. So we're trying to really allow people to have this back end of, hey, it's a great product. It's got great activities, great workshop processes. You just come to the table with you. Because mm. the big thing about why live virtual training is often better than, say, 
you know, comparison of e-learning, e-learning being self-paced, you get the experience of being, you know, with an enthusiastic, energetic presenter who, you know, shares the war stories, is able to answer questions live in the moment. It has so many benefits and it's a really fast growing area yeah. in L&D at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. We've all been to these workshops, these courses where conversations have gone down different paths. And I've even come out of things where there've been certain phrases or words that, you know, had created a laugh, but then they became recurring. Someone did something in their work environment and they called it X, Y, Z. And that becomes a catchphrase from the course. And you might see someone who you were on the program with months later, Hey, how are you doing? What was yes. the X, Y, Z? How is that in your business? So running these programs and getting that interaction is key. But again, it's that ages model. Is that right? Ages model. is really The ages model is incorporated. So it's not just some pretty slides with the content built in. It's structured in such a way that it's a lot more engaging than you might otherwise have. Is that right? All of that's built in. Okay. Yes, you've got the whole neuroscience that goes behind everything as well, built into the product. Yeah. So I would say for people listening to this, if you're consultants who are not strictly L&D, so learning development trainer consultants, then this is such a wonderful product because you can go into a business and if it's within your wheelhouse that you might be involved with handbooks or procedures, OD, org design work, culture change, employee engagement, you might run surveys. Surveys are a wonderful opportunity to uncover work because you Mm. might find that, wow, we've got some serious issues with line managers or there's key pockets where there's terrible communication going on. That might be a recommendation to say, look, one of the things you should do is get some training happening because it's a critical area. I can do that for you because I know the business. I've got the training resources ready to go. So if you want, I can be in here on Monday starting it. And that's a great value add as a new revenue line for business. So I think that's excellent. If people are wanting to buy it, how do you get people into the sales funnel as such? What are the different ways they can access to learn about Just90? It's a great question. There's a website that kind of explains things. So that's a primary point of reference for people. It's got a sample course they can buy if they just want to you know, go with the low-hanging fruit, shall we say, and just say, look, I just want to have a look. What is this all about? I can make it just a single purchase and just have a look at that. We've then got a couple of bundles, which then give people a discount for buying more than one course. And then we're currently building a trainer library at the moment. So that'll house everything. So we've got over 20 modules that will be housed on that. And that'll continue to grow over time. So that's coming soon. But I guess the initial offering is really just saying, well, here's the product. We'd want to have that experience of people buying it and having a good experience with that. And then from there, we'll kind of release the trainer library and then build really a network of trainers kind of behind that, that are you know, fans of the product. That's one avenue. A lot of our leads come through LinkedIn as well. So there's LinkedIn oh. campaigns we run. So they've been a really good source of getting people into the sales funnel. What kind of campaigns? You might call it the kind of adverse, but it's more about, hey, if you're a learning development official, yeah, here's a free kind of guide that can download and read a bit more about some of the approaches that we talk about in the product. Okay. You're talking about paid ads inside LinkedIn as Correct. opposed to posting free LinkedIn posts or sending free messages. Yeah. So you're going into the back end, which is the ad manager side of things, and you set up your targeting, so certain geographies. I'm guessing you base it on job titles and employer yep. headcounts, that kind of stuff. Yeah, anyone working in the HR space then, professional trainers, coaches, et cetera, that sort of stuff. Spot Got on. It, yeah. And then you're offering them a free information guide. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of five tips on how to do this yeah. well. So again, if you're listening to this, it's a much better way of doing it, running ads, than the way you might see sometimes done is 
an ad that says, please book a call with us or do a demo for our software or whatever it may be, because no one ever does. So bring them in, let them learn something, and then maybe they'll do the yeah. sample course that you've got, the solo courses, if you like, and then the trainer library That's is right. coming down the path. And in terms of marketing and growth, would you look at doing referral partner programs where people can either be affiliates or referrers into sell or recommend mm. your programs to other companies? 100%. So I think firstly, we're aiming at is anyone who's a learning development consultant, trainer, professional trainer, coach, that's one cohort. Internal L&D learning development people are another target group. But of course, you're quite right, Ben, in saying that it is smart then to tap into people that have networks. So I'm very open to any affiliate conversation. People who have a network of trainers already, very happy to talk about how we can create a win-win between both of us. That would make good business sense for both parties. Yeah. I've seen that work well many times. So I think that's great either for your business or for someone listening to this or someone you might refer in as a referrer. I don't know what that's called, a double referrer. Then yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. And again, coming back to that consultant services thing that I was mentioning, yep. it's a great way to add value to your client, your service offering, or to recommend to others to do it. What do you see the future being for your business? Because I know you still got the consulting business or the actual training arm itself. You know What's coming down the line for you and your business? Yes, yeah, so the original business that I'm still running is nice and busy. Lots of work based in Canberra. For those that don't know Canberra, it's where our federal government sits. So lots of federal government work. The interesting thing to note about that, Ben, is because a lot of those organisations have a national footprint, oh. they're not returning to face-to-face -face training. Oh. They're a large chunk of them. So if they've got a big local presence here, they'll say, Andrew, please come and visit our office. <laughs> right. But if they're anyone nationally with that national footprint spread across all the states, they're saying, look, we still want to run those virtually. So that's still staying. I think it's one of the interesting lessons that we kind of come out the other side of this pandemic, yeah. that it's changed the paradigm a lot. And look, in many ways, it's good. Look, I didn't mind traveling before, but when you travel a lot, Ben, as yeah. you might recall, yeah. yeah, you kind of get over it a bit as well. It's like you're on the road. I remember yeah. one time I literally was on, I think, 50 flights in a month or something crazy oh, like that. Wow. It was just like brutal. So. Yeah, it can be really tough. I'm curious, so federal government departments, and you're obviously working for them in Canberra, but they have branches, locations across the nation. Do yes. they talk? Like if you've run a program locally for the head office, let's say in Canberra, would you yep. automatically get referred to deliver the same training in a different location or do you need to go and hustle and find that? They often refer. So they basically say, look, we want to run something for our Canberra-based team. And because we've got, say, 20 managers that are here, we'll run that one face-to-face. -face. But we've got people in got Sydney. It. We've got people in Melbourne. We've got people in Brisbane. Rather than flying them into each of those locations, we'd like to run those virtually. We've got you know, 10 or 15 managers in Sydney, same in Melbourne. Yeah. So that's how they're working. So you don't need to go and find the work. They'll often just refer it as part of an overall offering they want to run within their organisation which is great. So I'm living this kind of life of doing a lot of these kind of bite-sized sessions. So for example, after this, I've got three lined up. And so you just kind of run three in a day and with a few breaks in between, it's Excellent. a fabulous way to spend a day. And what does the future hold for Just90? I'm really excited about the future, Ben. It's always exciting doing a startup. You know this yourself. Yeah. There's lots of learning along the way, but I'm really keen to, I guess, see the offering expand overseas. A lot of my early sales have come from people I know within Australia. So I'm really trying to reach out now 
and explore the US market, the UK market, as well as the you know, Canada and those sorts of things. So I think they're the three most similar markets to what we offer here. So I'm trying to, you know, go in there, get some learnings, get the feedback, make any changes we need to, but really excited about going forward with that. The website traffic is already peaking for those three regions. So it's looking really good. And before I let you go, you reminded me of two stories. You know, after the two days where everyone was cancelling, you had a glass of wine or two, and that helped get the creative juices flowing. Well, that reminded me of a friend of mine at university. She was a union official, and she told me the way that they came up with their big list of demands for employers. You must pay us more, and you must do this, and you must. She said they used to crack open a bottle of wine, and everyone just sit around the table and have glasses. What else we ask for? Yeah, let's ask for that as well. I always thought they were all, you know, angry and worked up and charging down the streets. No, they were just sitting around a table, just making up stuff. So that was one thing. But the second one was when you said, what can I do? How am I going to handle this? You reminded me of, I read that Richard Branson book and they were in Bermuda or somewhere and a flight got cancelled in classic Richard Branson style. Instead of just going, oh, great. What am I going to do? Catch another plane in two days or something. He went and hired a different plane and walked around the airport with a sign saying tickets to London or wherever it was hundred bucks or something. And he filled the plane and I went, Oh, hang on, Virgin Airlines. So I love the way you Great. pivoted and thought on your feet, maybe with the help of a, yeah. a glass or two, but I just love that. Yeah. I think it's going to pay off for you. So that's really great. Well, I think if any of your listeners are kind of have that entrepreneurial bent, you just got to step out, right? You just got to try. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it mightn't be successful right from day one, but you can build that over time with learning. Definitely. That's already answering my last question. But my last question is, you know, any business growth or marketing advice for people in the HR business world? Yeah, look, it's a good tip. I think some of the things I've learned along the way is be super clear about who you're targeting and why. Learn how to find those. It could take a bit of time to kind of tunnel in through the networks and find the right entry points. So that's something. Get the messaging right. I think it's really important that you are you and that you resonate with the right people for the right reasons. So I think it's really important to test and measure everything you do, everything that I run, if it's a campaign or even if it's just an email out to a group of trainers that I know, I always ask for feedback on those things. So I'm constantly wanting to iterate and tweak what I'm doing. I think that just helps us. So you really need to approach those people you know are going to be truly honest with you. Like, you know, someone will say, look, Andrew, I saw that first video you did. Look, I can be blunt as a friend, can't I? <laughs> It was not Uh-oh. good, Andrew. <laughs> so you can have that honest conversation, but that's all designed to help, right? Yeah. So you've got to not be afraid of that stuff. So I think there's some of the thoughts. I think where I'll keep leaning in, LinkedIn is working for me, so I'll keep leaning into that, the LinkedIn advertising that works. And really I'm wanting to build some affiliate networks. I'm very keen for that going forward as well. I'm about to approach a digital agency to help with some marketing as well. So Brilliant. marketing and sales stuff. So that's kind of future, Ben. Good question. Very good. Very good. You've shared so much great insight and advice. I really appreciate it. You also put up with me trying to say the word tumultuous. I think I nailed it. Yes. Is it good? I know what you meant, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I was practicing silently while you're talking there at the end there. But yeah, brilliant. And I wish you all the best. Would you call out your website address? That's the last thing we need to do. Yes. www.just90.com. Just J-U-S-T-N-I-N-E-T-Y.com. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you for your time again. And for people listening to this, either go and buy a course, buy the membership when it comes out, or look to refer business or become a referrer. That would be my recommendation if you want to grow your business. Andrew, thank you very much again. Thanks so much, Ben. So good to talk with you today. Thanks for having me on your podcast. 
Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.